0: Justin Bieber has he's made a comeback. Big? Yeah, he's what? made a comeback. Yeah, among all the teenage girls. <laughs> I would not
1: have predicted this. Yeah, he Was came he back. big for you, Sarah? No, I missed <laughs> no. him. He,
0: he was big for like when I was a kid, like g- really young. And then he's making a comeback. Ah. Uh,
2: yeah. Well, that has to be very weird. It is, honestly. <laughs> it's its own version of retro. Right. <laughs> oh my God. Hi everyone. Welcome to Community Roots, a place where we gather in community to talk about mental health so we can travel the journey of life together. I'm Julie Richards. I'm Sarah Wakefield, and today we are off the beaten path with Maddie Richards. Welcome, Maddie. Hi. We're, <laughs> We're so glad to have you. We're Thank glad you. Glad that you're here. So we've been talking lately about anxiety with kids and adolescents and also with adults. And we just thought we'd continue that discussion today of what kinds of things we're noticing, maybe specifically in high school. That's a whole lot of pressure. So what does it feel like? What do you notice people experiencing? Um. Well, I think it varies by
0: age, honestly. Like hmm. right now, a lot of juniors, a lot of my junior friends are studying for ACT and really stressing out about that and I was at the library the other day, and I saw so many juniors from my school getting tutoring just at that one library. So oh it really varies.
2: Oh, for ACT preparation? Yeah. Do you guys still do the SATs? Uh,
0: yeah, but it varies. Like colleges might want an SAT, but other colleges might want an
1: ACT. Mm-hmm. Does any of that stress from the juniors filter down to the other Classes.
0: Oh, yeah. All the time they're like telling the sophomores and freshmen, this is what you need to be doing, blah, 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 blah. But then our guidance counselors are saying, you need to do this and
2: it's stressful and we're not even applying to colleges yet. (laughs) So you can kind of feel the energy of all the pressure of preparing for college. Yeah. And then classwork adds stress, advanced classes. Yeah, I can. It
0: depends on what you're taking, but it can. If you have good time management, then it's not that bad. But if you're like me and don't, it's awful.
1: (laughs) So this time of year, it's, let's see, we're in February. Um, You've got spring break coming up, right? Yeah. Okay. So what right now, we're studying for the ACTs, the juniors are. What about your class? What's some anxiety-ridden experiences that they're going through right now?
0: Um... Right now it's scheduling because our junior and senior year in high school, like your junior year depends uh, determines your senior year's uh, schedule and class load. So right now mm. we're all figuring out what do we want our junior year and how will that affect our senior year.
2: Oh, my goodness. All the years pile in together yeah. with more pressure. Yeah. Do you think that academics are like the biggest stressor that cause the most anxiety or is it? more like the social peer dynamics, or where do you think all the pressure comes from? Um, probably based on what your peers are doing, whether it's athletics,
0: academics, what, what whatever it is, whether they have this job or they can drive or not. So it really, in my opinion, it's what your peers are doing and how you interpret that and like reflect on yourself and compare yourself to that. But I mean, like I said, if you have good time
2: management skills, academics aren't a problem, but... Yeah, It adds to the anxiety when things are all built up at the last minute. Deadlines are kind of all compounding at once. That increases the stress load and how we experience our mental health and emotions. Yeah,
1: it can. Maddie, what kind of advice have you given your peers if they've expressed anxiety to you?
0: Um, honestly, just take a break from it like our homework some of it because our classes are weighted if you wanted to you could skip a couple homework assignments and focus on something else and your grade would still stay in a so it's really like pick and choose what's the most important on your class load and then do that
1: instead you can skip a homework assignment oh yeah totally <laughs> totally where was
0: this when I was <laughs> Totally. Myself? You can. I mean, it might get your teacher to not like you for a couple of days. But mm. like in math, I can I could skip a whole week of assignments and still have an A if I do well on a test. But if I skip, then I'm not going to do well on the test.
1: Well, that's kind of nice. That gives, allows you some leeway. Yeah. But, so like you're saying, when you're talking to your friends, you know, maybe take a break from something and yeah. focus on something else.
2: Don't keep yourself in that constant pressure. Yeah. Where everything has to be huge yeah uh, is there other anxiety pressure points outside of academics
1: when you're in high school
0: I mean I guess athletics or just dealing like a, a lot of my friends since we're all getting our licenses and driving their families want them to get jobs and like to pay for gas etc and like so dealing with that on top of your homework or athletics or whatever it may be
2: mm-hmm. yeah So time and energy and deadlines, pressure, all those things kind of compound together? Yes. And you said that a good way to deal with that is to be able to take a break from it, step back from it. Yeah. What are some ways that are helpful breaks do you think to take?
0: I mean, I personally will take a nap after school and then do my homework. I know some friends of mine will sometimes, like, instead of doing homework at home, they'll go to the library where it's a different environment. And it's still them doing homework, but it's just a break from the same old environment.
2: I think that can make a big difference. in being able to even just stand up and move around the house, um, but also, like you said, going to the library, being in a different place, that can help it feel a little bit fresh and not quite the same monotony of trying to do the same thing in the same place all the time.
1: And I think some of the things you've recommended in the past, Julie, for dealing with anxiety is changing your environment, uh, getting sleep, getting nutrition. Uh, I think sometimes, you know, you get a shower or you go outside for a walk or you, you change your environment, you change what you're in. And so this is really good for your peers, for your fellow students to move, um, in order to get that anxiety kind of uh,
2: settled. I've been at the library before whenever there's almost a whole subculture of adolescents there that are like after school. They just... There's a whole another level of it. Mm. It's kind of interesting. Maddie, when I was in school, way back when, we had lots of different cliques.
1: and, um, And my high school was kind of rural, so we had farmer groups and athletic groups and academic groups and game player groups and and so forth is that still the same now and if so do those clicks uh, does that cause anxiety
0: I mean I think like your different sports teams or your different clubs can still exist but I don't think it's really as clickish as you're describing it anymore Mm. I mean I don't really feel it I think your own groups can like dictate who you hang out with but I mean honestly it really all blends together
2: Definitely. blends together what well, do you mean for
0: example at my school we have three different lunches so if you're on the sport if on, if you're on the golf team or basketball team then you might not necessarily have a lunch with that team then you have to kind of sit with people you know and might not know as well but you
2: still have to do it you have a golf team
0: yes we do have a golf team
2: oh my goodness
1: that's kind of cool
2: they have lots more teams and classes and Engineering and all kinds of different languages, just so many more mm. things than they used to have. So when we think of anxiety being connected to sensations in our body, um, what, what do you think are some of the things that people, adolescents in particular, notice kind of in their stomach, their head, their like physical sensations that can sometimes even feel like you're getting sick? Honestly, I don't think teenagers
0: really pay attention to that that much. Honestly. I mean, you can notice some physical signs like people tap their foot a lot in class. But like, among me and my friends, we don't really say like my stomach hurts right now because I'm anxious. Like, it's more you just like
2: see people doing it, but you don't like no one really like makes it verbal. Sure. I mean, I think it would be helpful for us to be able to become more aware of what's going on in our body because those, as we've talked about on Community Roots before, those are indicators to us if we're listening to our body of where we're holding tension, for instance, or stress or how we can take deep breaths or things that will relieve some of that tension and stress. Yeah. Is there anything you would uh, do during school to help
1: with that anxiety or with stress? Something you can do while you're in class or while you're going in between classes and instead of waiting till you get home? Mm, depends. I mean, some of my friends like to listen to music
0: during lunch and like just chill out. There aren't really a lot of opportunities to just take a break during school, though, because... Mm-hmm. We have four minutes to get to class, but, like, that's not really a lot because high school is crowded and crazy. But within class, I mean, it depends. If you have a nice teacher that's really laid back, you have more chances to be able to listen to music or something.
2: But Mm. for our stricter teachers, it's harder. And one of the things we've talked about before is just how much teachers can kind of add to that stress or help relieve some of it based on how they interact with the students. What do you think makes a teacher more supportive and helpful to students in high school? I don't know. It varies by teacher and by subject. For example, with
0: like math, we we have the math lab at my school and you can get help from teachers and it's really nice. But then if you're like in engineering like I am and it's a hard subject sometimes it doesn't help when a teacher, like when you don't have an engineering lab where you can get extra help for it and I know there have been instances with my teacher that people have felt really anxious and overwhelmed because they might not have been the most helpful teacher and that was more damaging to our projects
2: So there's definitely a different feeling that students can get based on how the teacher is interacting with the students. I think that would be helpful for us to talk about a little bit in case we do have some teachers that are listening today of what would be, that's what I'm looking for, is kind of what are the supportive teachers doing or saying? What are you noticing? If you have, some teachers are supportive and some aren't. So what are the ones that you have a sense of, they get it, they understand the pressures that we're under, What are some things that they do or say that can convey that?
0: Well, one thing not to do is say, don't worry, because like teenagers are going to worry about their assignments. I think there have been some of my teachers that will say, honestly, we're not going to, we're not, I can tell you guys aren't getting this right now. We're going to take an extra day. And teachers who like make time for students to like figure it out. This is a lot more helpful than teachers saying, don't worry about it or something, because that just doesn't help at all.
1: Sure. So they're paying attention to the needs of the students and accommodating the curriculum.
2: Yes. And kind of, it sounds like pacing is really important mm-hmm. that if if people need more time to understand and process more, ask more questions, that we can't be agenda driven with um, pushing and pressure which I imagine from a teacher's perspective might be really hard Mm -hmm. with the um, emphasis that there is on with standardized testing and just the pressures that teachers face for trying to have a certain level of performance and then funding connected to that and just staff pressures. But if they can kind of keep that in some level of balance so that they're able to hear where people are too stressed and it's too much and they've hit a limit that they step back from that and prioritize the well-being of the student Hmm. Maddie do you find that different types of
1: of subjects of school subjects have different levels of of stress and or rigidity so you're so with these requirements and the standardized testing and all of that you have certain subjects that have to meet those goals or your school's graded on them do you find that maybe your math science um engineering teachers stick to more of a schedule and your humanities like your art classes or your music classes are less rigid
0: um honestly i think it depends on the teacher again because some of our teachers have said i don't care how you do on the air test i care how you do on my test Mm. so the air test is the standardized test that we take in ohio by the way um okay and i think it depends again like on the class in the school and how the district em- like puts an emphasis on it and honestly my district right now is putting a big emphasis on mental health because students have like there's been an increase of students who aren't doing well with their mental health and all the teachers right now are having to like work harder on taking care of the students so they're not really putting as much of an emphasis but then again it's only my sophomore year but i know that like as you reach your junior and senior year it matters more because you're applying to colleges then and your transcript is getting
2: shipped off so i'm really curious to hear how they're responding to the mental health of students what do they do differently um i know they're working with other districts right now like
0: in having parent forums and having parents weigh in. And then in all of my, in my districts and all of the schools, they've implemented something called Hope Squad, where sometimes students don't feel like they can go to the administration, so they can go to their own peers to talk about issues that they're having. And a friend of mine is on Hope Squad, and, like, she's had people come to her to talk about it. So it does help.
2: Do you feel like there's more openness to talking about mental health and having that be something that people are more aware of? Yeah, I think teachers are trying to stress us out less. I mean, I know I went into
0: the math lab once at my school when I was really stressed out and my teacher was like, no, I don't want you to be stressed. I want you to understand it Mm. and gave me like a couple extra days to work on it.
2: That can make a big difference because really we can't, I mean, even the way our brains function when we're in that stress mode, we've talked many times on here about the window of tolerance if our if our lid is flipped if we are too stressed too overwhelmed our prefrontal cortex is not online and we can't even take in the information and so being able to be heard and understood and cared about and seen as a human being and not just someone who has to push to perform can really help make a big difference i think that maybe is what maddie's getting to with the
1: difference in teachers and their approaches and telling these kids you do matter I see you as a human being not just a grade and you're in in my grade book. I think in school when you're dealing with academics and applying to colleges and applying or getting your schedule sorted out for your junior and senior years everything is very black and white and you become a number and yet we're all still human and students are human they are not these they're going through a transformative process and at the same time they're going through this huge uh, academic process. So their bodies are changing, right? This is a period of-
2: Absolutely, even from the standpoint of the brain, they talk about our brain is completely rewiring in adolescence and so the same enormous changes that are happening for toddlers are also happening for adolescence. And so it's a very um, destabilizing time for adolescence, everything is being rewired so the brain is pruning out the things it doesn't need and creating new synapses new connections there's a whole lot going on hormonally and um, just in the transmitters in our brain and
1: so when you talk about uh, things being pruned off synapses being pruned off to make way for other things what's some of the things that would be
2: pruned off in this stage of life so according to the brain it's trying to make space for to be more efficient for what's being used it will keep and for things that's that are not being used it will get rid of i think um empathy can even be something that is pruned out if they don't show empathy Mm. and it can grow back in um and be kind of retaught relearned reconnected to but there's just different traits that if they're not being used then the brain kind of clips them out hmm. so the body itself is undergoing
1: this huge transition and it sounds like you're cutting out empathy because or certain things are being cut out like is it possible that as a student you're going through all of this you're focused on your academics or your athletics could anything be pruned out at- well I mean I know it might not necessarily be our brains
0: cutting it out but as some of my friends are deciding what they want to do with their lives um, one of mine is more uh, artistically and musically inclined, and she now has to take English online rather than in school to make room for all her music classes. And whereas other friends of mine who are more, like, math and science inclined have dropped their music classes, and they've chosen that pathway. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but I know having a w- more well-rounded class load where you can have a chance to be more rigorous and more, and then another chance to be more expressive, it helps more but now one of my friends will be in music all day and then another of my friends
1: won't be in music at all or any fine arts classes. So getting that opportunity to use the different sides of their brains, to use a different, um, I forget what word you just used, Maddie, but was, oh, expressive. I thought that was beautiful. Um, yeah, it sounds like as a student and as an adolescent growing right now, you would benefit from a well-rounded approach you maybe might be able to handle that anxiety differently if you're able to express yourself in areas that you're not concentrated in
2: there might also be like someone wanting to stick with what their strengths are and then they don't fully develop the other areas like even if our brain if we tend to default towards left brain thinking and being very logical and um not as in tune with our emotions, then we kind of atrophy some of those muscles Mm -hmm. of the parts that we don't have as developed. And so we need to be able to have some integrative experiences to be able to keep challenging and growing all the different areas. What do you think, Maddie, that families can do whether it be siblings or parents, to help reduce some of the anxiety feelings, the stress. We've, we've talked in past episodes how anxiety can be expressed in ways of irritability or um, overwhelm, um, sometimes anger for people. How do we, um, as siblings or parents, give, like, Strong support to adolescents, to kids.
0: I think not adding to the anxiety would be nice or just creating an environment where if someone's upset that they can talk about it or something like that. I mean, I know some of my friends don't really talk about anything with their families because they don't think they can. But I mean, I'm the daughter of a therapist, so it's kind of more encouraged and sometimes to the point where it's like, oh, it's like overwhelming how much.
2: What helps it feel more safe? What do you mean? To be able to talk and kind of process through some of the stress, what helps that feel safe to do that in your home environment?
0: Um, I think mostly just having letting the teen dictate it not having parents asking like uh, why is this happening and trying to dictate the conversation themselves but letting the teenager dictate the conversation when it comes to anxiety or mental health because honestly it's the teenager who knows what's going on
1: not the parents what if the teenager doesn't want to talk about anything because they're so overwhelmed they have shut down I think little
0: things can help break the barrier like a friend of mine is depressed and like she's been diagnosed and her parents know it but like they don't really recognize it so it creates mm. an environment where she can't really talk to her friends or to her parents at all mm. and they don't really help with that because they're so strict with her and trying to dictate everything that
2: it, like she doesn't have the chance to talk about it mm. and so you were saying there were little things that would be helpful what are some of those little things i know sometimes i like tea hot tea
1: Maybe that's something a parent can show by bringing them like a hot cup of something while they're studying. Yeah.
2: Like a gesture going out for ice cream. Just parents being like there, but not overwhelmingly there. Not too much or over the top because then that adds to the stress and the pressure more. Yes. Because you were also mentioning that one of the ways they could help is not increase the anxiety and the pressure so don't add to it what are the things that add to it
0: not having space to like like I said whenever I get home from school I take a nap and my parents let me take the nap and it's nice because I get the chance to kind of take a break so letting a teen have that space to just have feel their feelings or feel their anxiety really
2: helps Kind of gets the stress out. You need some time to feel more balanced, feel like you have room to recover. Yeah. There's a whole lot of pressure and overwhelm that can happen in the course of a day for any preschooler, middle schooler, high schooler, any of that can just be intense. And so having some room to be able to rest, regroup, recover is really important Are there other things that add to it to make it worse? So if if the parent is too involved or trying to ask too many questions, that's adding to it.
0: It can, for sure.
2: Anything else that feels like gets interpreted as pressure or not supportive?
0: I think when parents don't trust their kids, that can add more stress and anxiety, that they feel like they need to either try harder with their parents or they just reach a point where they don't care. And I know that there are some teenagers who will, whose parents are just so overbearing that they're more secretive and like sneak mm-hmm. around more or like hide their location like on their phones. And it's like that can lead to a toxic environment and more
1: anxiety. Julie, you had mentioned last week in our um, episode on uh, adult anxiety asking what versus why? And that was more of of, uh, asking yourself what is causing or what is contributing to this versus saying, well, why do you feel this way? Uh, It sounds like maybe that might be an appropriate question for parents to ask their kids, their students, instead of saying, well, why are you so stressed or why are you depressed or why are you in your room? Maybe
2: what's happening, Um, what's going on? What I'm thinking about is even what we had posted this week on our social media with Facebook um, and Instagram, that sometimes statements can be more helpful than questions, because if I have to answer a list of questions, and I think, Maddie, you mentioned Mm. that, that like if they're asking a lot of questions, it's too much. And so (laughs) that starts to feel like you're backed into a corner or like maybe interrogated a little bit, like, Mm -hmm. why are you asking me so many questions? Like, stop asking me questions. And I think what I've gleaned from four adolescents that I've raised and I'm raising, um, that sometimes it just helps to be available when an adolescent wants to have the conversation, because there are times that, Um, a teen will want to talk a lot and share all kinds of things and keep talking and keep processing. And then there are times they don't want to talk at all. And I've had clients, for instance, who are parents that just say, I don't know how to help my teenager talk. I don't know how Mm -hmm. to help them talk through their feelings. And a lot of times they need to be patient with, there are some times of the day that are harder. To have conversations if they're a morning person or a night person or when their energy is low or if they need that space to recharge then that's probably not the time to try to explore too much with them but then there are really organic times during the day it might be driving to run errands or it might be when that teenager is wanting to talk about what's happening with their peers that as parents we can make a priority towards setting down what we're working on and giving them attention or um, making room even if it happens late in the day when our day and energy is spent that maybe they need time to connect
0: yeah for sure I think when parents can recognize that their kids are needing time to recharge and relax and then there are other times when I know when I get home like from hanging out with friends late at night, my parents want to go to sleep, but I'm like super charged up. But then most of the time my mom makes time, well, all the time my mom will listen, even if it's for a little while. But then there are other times when I'm coming right home from school, I'm not in the mood to hash out everything I did. And that's when my parents will get the standard, oh, school's fine, everything was fine, nothing happened. Like, mm-hmm. But whereas later in the day, I might have more energy or better state of mind. And I know before coming here to record, my mom was texting me like about something and I was very, well, it's fine. Okay, yeah, because I mean, at that time, I was just anxious about driving and getting here and recording. But I know that after this, I'm going
1: to be in a crazy mood. So it sounds like there's a time and a place for everything. And just because your student isn't responding immediately with if you start asking questions, It's not that they don't want to talk about it, but there is a time for it, and the student's energy is low. The student's energy uh, may be completely gone, and they need time to recharge. And instead of taking it personally, like I think some parents might, um, it's meeting the student
2: where they are. And that there's really going to be some ebb and flow in that, and that's normal. But one of the things, too, Maddie, that you were talking about, Um, that maybe some parent relationships can get damaged too, like if they aren't trusting their teenager and then that teenager feels like, I give up, I don't care, I'm going to just hide what I'm doing. And it can really drift that relationship further apart. And so I think being able to tune into how healthy is our relationship and um, maybe making ourselves aware if there are things that need repairs or... To touch base on if it seemed like something happened that didn't go well, we call it a rupture, but to be able to revisit it and make apologies for our humanity as parents or um, reconnect whenever there's that kind of discord or rupture that happens. So Maddie, you're in your
1: sophomore year of high school, right? Yes. We're winding down just a little bit. I mean, we're in the second semester. Yeah. Okay. So as freshmen, uh, what would you have to say to freshmen, incoming freshmen or freshmen becoming sophomores who might be feeling that overwhelming pressure from the trickle down effect of juniors and seniors planning, preparing, test taking and all of that? Um, What would you like? What would you have liked to have known um, as a freshman or as a sophomore?
0: Honestly, it doesn't matter. I mean, It's important that if you want to go to college to get good grades in high school but it doesn't really matter i mean in my opinion mental health is more long-term than college so if you push yourself too hard in high school and you end up going to the college your parents or you want or uh, if you end up (laughs) okay (laughs) let's think about what i want to say um honestly most of the stuff doesn't matter if you're more academically driven but you don't take a second to just Think about your mental health and where you are, then that can be damaging long term and like lead to struggles as a like if when you're an adult as a parent to being harsher to your own kids. Mm. But I think just taking a break and realizing that at the end of the day, it all doesn't really matter. To just realize that what you're going through and how your own mental health and physical health is and emotional health is is way more important
1: than your academics. Is there anything any advice you could give them with regards to their schedules? So maybe put in all the study halls you can, or make sure that you include something that's not what your concentration is in. So you do engineering, but you also do um, um, music. So do you have any advice for you know freshmen to how they can be better balanced?
0: I think if you want to focus on something like math and sciences, that's totally okay. But to throw in something, it doesn't necessarily have to be music because I dropped music my sophomore year and I don't regret it at all. But having something that balances out like a fun elective. Like right now, I'm taking a cooking class right in the middle of my day. And that's a nice break from going straight from science into a math class. It's nice to have a cooking class in the middle of my day.
1: Maddie, where is our food? No. (laughs) I was really hoping for some um, croissants or delicious meal prepared for me. I guess not. That's okay.
2: But that probably is a really great help during the day to have some time that you can eat and make something fun. I mean, that cooking can even really be a great tool for mental health. It, it gives us nutrients and it also gives us something to do that can be fun. Mm-hmm. It's a good hobby to learn. Stepping out of your classroom environment. So we're coming to the end of our episode and we like to end on some notes of gratitude so that we can always look for the good things that are happening in the midst of our hectic, crazy or busyness or anxiety or anything else that we're experiencing. We can also notice what we are grateful for. So I'm going to say I'm grateful for Samuel getting all of the instructions for recording this first epic episode where he was not present for it. So it's great that we can be a team and learn from each other and help each other. And even just that, I had that thought actually earlier today of part of self-care is realizing that we're not alone and that there are people that are in this with us and we're together and that together we're stronger. And so that's a great piece of self-care too. I am grateful that our horses
1: went out yesterday, uh, with the weather being so mild, the pastures have been really bad. And so when I go out to ride my horse, it's, you just wonder if you're going to get a bucking Bronco or if you're going to have a nice ride and it's healthy for them and their own anxieties. If they get to get out, change their environment, And interact and socialize with other horses. So I definitely noticed a difference in my own horse yesterday after she got out and had that group experience and got to be outside. So
2: that's pretty cool how it mirrors our own mental health. Oh, they always say that with equine therapy and learning from horses. That's super cool. Yeah, it really does. Maddie, anything you're thankful for? I'm grateful that I can now
0: drive because for some people like me, anxiety can be time driven. So now that I can drive, it helps alleviate some of my anxiety. And
2: mm. yeah. Independence and freedom. Yeah. That feels good. Mm hmm. Well, thank you all so much for being with us today. Um, Remember to check us out on Facebook and Instagram and be part of our community. We want to hear from you. We want to interact with you and give support to each other so that we know that we're all in this together. And if you would be so kind as to go to iTunes and rate and review us, that will help get the word out about Community Roots so that more people can be reached and give us strong support. So thanks so much for being here.